T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's late night with Hancock and Kelly, but guess who's not here? Hancock. He's not here. He's on one of those numerous vacations that he (laughs) has to go on to all the time. So sitting in for John Hancock tonight is none other than Braxton Payne. You know him from What's Trending. You've heard him with us before. And as we do every time Hancock and Kelly are together... In studio is joining us, Sean Michael Isles. How are you, Sean? I'm doing fine. How are you? I'm doing great. And uh, I understand you are a, we, we know so much about you, yeah, Sean, yeah, and we like to learn so much about you. You have a tie to soccer. Mm-hmm. Um, you were a soccer referee? No. Oh, boy. I mean, me and soccer go way back. My, I saw um, my first soccer game. Boy, I <laughs> Let's put it this way. I've seen uh, professional soccer in the United States probably longer than most anybody else. That you How so? Know. Tell me why. Uh, boy, I, well, I, I guess I have to date myself. My first professional soccer team was the uh, Oakland Clippers I saw at the Coliseum in 1967. Wow. wow. And I've been watching pro soccer ever since. I grew up in San Jose, California, where the San Jose Earthquakes, mm-hmm. were, uh, I was at the very first game, uh, May 11, 1974. They have a little museum for the team at their soccer stadium, and they got a ticket stub from their very first game. That's my ticket stub. You That's gave awesome. it to them. Yeah, I gave it to them. I, um, I used to cover earthquake soccer. I was an, uh, uh, That was one of, part of my beat in uh, San Jose as a news reporter. Um, and so, yeah, I've I've covered soccer. I saw Pelé play a couple times. Really? You know, when when I was a kid, they, he came to Spartan Stadium in San Jose and played. And yeah, so I, I refereed. I played. Uh, it was kind of the thing when I you grew up. you had the uh, the earthquake as a part of your beat. Yeah, San Jose. I was a I was a a, um, a credentialed Major League Soccer news sports reporter. reporter. Yeah, yeah. I was. And so you'd have to interview the players yeah, and I, stuff. I I uh, asked David Beckham <laughs> when he came to the United States. Mm. I said so after he had already played a couple of games. I said, so what do you think about this brawl of American soccer? And he said, well, he tried to make nice about it, but then he <laughs> said, yeah, it's it's a brawl. He said, I'm I'm from you know London, the the, the Cockney Bells basically. And I said, so, but yeah, it's. It's a brawl. Was he the most famous person you interviewed as it related to soccer? Uh, well, for people that we would know, yeah. Yeah. Who was your favorite soccer person, too? Well, there was this guy that um, it was kind of interesting. Uh, you'd have to know Major League Soccer a little bit. But there was this guy who uh, his father was a season ticket holder. And I used to always enjoy 
talking to the the new people and the people that players that nobody knew. Right. And so there was this guy who who was from the Bay Area. Uh, his father um, would uh, had a season ticket in the beer garden <laughs> in the corner of the right, stadium. Right. And uh, and so sure enough, uh, the Houston Dynamo no longer needed him, so they shipped him out to San Jose so he could be near his hometown because he he wasn't working out very well. And so I interviewed him, and I would talk to him every week, but I did it more as a human interest that this is a guy from the Bay Area. Uh-huh. His dad's a season ticket holder sure. and all that. And his name is Chris Wondolowski. Okay. Oh, yeah. And he ended up being the uh, all-time leading scorer yeah. in uh, MLS history. He's but, a big, he was a big deal when yeah. I was growing up. He was huge. But he, do, he was nothing until he went to San Jose. And, well, Hello. Uh, on his way to San Jose, who, yeah, who, who doesn't do well in San Jose, right? Uh, pretty much everybody else, actually. <laughs> yeah. Well, you were the, t- so you were telling me a story about the stadium and how they built it the other week. And oh, I yeah, I thought that was so fascinating. The new, the, the the stadium. new stadium, yeah. yeah. Because I, I was when I was uh, covering them, they were playing in the old uh, uh, Santa Clara University. Yeah. They don't even play football there, but they have this old Buckshaw Stadium. That's where they're playing, and they were trying to get this this stadium built. And the owner, uh, Lou Wolf, the owner of the San Jose Earthquakes, he was, he was telling me about hey, the trouble he was getting having his stadium built. And I said, well, I'll tell you what. When you build your stadium, make it out of steel uh-huh. and not this concrete. And he gives me this funny look in steel. Why, why make the stadium out of steel? And I said, well, because it's a soccer stadium in the United States. Uh-huh. Yeah, so. Well, you never know if it's going to work out. So when it doesn't work out and you've got this soccer stadium and the league folds and collapses and your team is gone, you're going to have this soccer stadium and nothing to do with it. So rather than paying 5 to $10 million to have it demolished, if you make it out of steel, you can find salvagers who will give you 2 to $5 million to haul it off. It happened with, like, Tiger Stadium with uh, Bloomington, Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, it had just happened with uh, Shea Stadium in New York. Right. And I said, they'll pay you money to haul your stadium off as salvage. And he goes, really? <laughs> and so after that, before he got his stadium built, I moved on to uh, Greener Pastures, other places. Uh-huh. And then a few years later, I actually went back to the stadium once it was yeah. built, and I, I hadn't seen it. I hadn't uh, seen them building it. And I go there, and I show up, and it's made of steel. <laughs> Let me ask you this. How did he take the fact that you were essentially explaining that his business model is probably going to collapse? I didn't say it was And then all probably. the money that he's investing in a stadium, he better be well, thinking of what his next plan is. Oh, I didn't say it was probably going to collapse, but <laughs> I pointed out that the San Jose Earthquakes, they, uh, they were a huge deal. I mean, we'd fit 25,000 fans in an 18,000-seat mm-hmm. little rinkety wooden oh, my word. and dirt stadium uh-huh. to watch people like Pelé and and Giorgio Canalia and, and Eusebio and some of the, the greatest players. Uh, George Best played for San Jose. Some uh-huh. of the greatest players of history were there. And, and so it was huge. Uh-huh. But then it faded to almost nothing. And, wow. you know, the, the professional soccer all but disappeared in the United States. And then it came back again. And yeah. so it can come and it can go. And so, you know, I let them know that just because it, it's hot down doesn't mean it's going to stay Yeah, did you way. talk to Carolyn Kendall Betts when she was starting to build her stadium here, make sure she built it with steel? Uh, no, I, I, <laughs> I talked to her a little bit, but she had already had the stadium designed. Yeah. And what do you think of the name the City? 
the city, well, the, uh, that's what I call uh, Euro wannabes. Uh-huh. That, and, and that's what a lot of soccer fans are, is that they, they want to be European <laughs> soccer. They're right. wannabes. My brother, for example, he, he won't go to Major League Soccer games because he's such a soccer snob. He's a snob. He's a snob. It's like you, you see them in their Chelsea jerseys. and the I Manchester love Chelsea. You know, yeah. yeah, but have you ever seen them play in Chelsea? No, I would well, like to go there. Has. Uh, yeah, my brother has. My brother, you know, he yeah. travels the world to Did see Did they build these. their stadium in steel? Uh, no, they didn't, but they didn't need to because <laughs> it's going to stay around no matter what. No kidding, yeah. right? And and to be to, to be honest, San Jose, um, after they built their stadium, they've never filled it. Mm-mm. Really? No. Yeah. Most, most of these new stadiums, Columbus is a good example. Columbus, you know, they built the first stalker-specific stadium. Uh-huh. They never filled it. Uh, and then when they were going to leave and go to Austin, Texas, which ended up getting a, an expansion, when they were going to leave, leave they, they had these people step yeah. in. We'll buy it. We'll buy the team. We'll build a new stadium. They bought the team. They built a new stadium. They still don't fill it. Huh? I think we'll fill the stadium here. Oh, here, yes, absolutely. Yeah, Not it, much else to do. Yeah, I think here is a, is a, is a, a definitely a different situation. I mean, I've been to probably 20, 30 MLS games uh-huh. throughout you know, my whole life. And I remember going to Chicago fire games at soldiers field and then uh, arrowhead and going to the Kansas city wizards before they were sporting KC. And it was just, you know, you're playing in a, you know, a, a football stadium and it's quarter filled even with the seats that they have. And one of the things that I thought was interesting is when, okay. So when Chicago, they built a soccer you know, specific stadium in Bridgeview, which is, you know, 30 minutes South of the city. And I went to a couple games there. Nobody there because it's not in the downtown area of Chicago. Yeah. It's not really easy to get to Bridgeview. Yeah. It's like you take Highway 55 and it's another 25 minutes, 30 minutes off the off the highway. I think here it'll be a lot different because we are right downtown, which can draw people from both sides of yeah. the river. And there's more to do well, around I, it. I think it's the community itself. Um, for example, you know, Minnesota has a fabulous stadium. Yeah. That's where Hancock is today, Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. and they... They, they show up at first, but yeah. mm, not so much afterwards. Cincinnati's another one. Showed up great at first, but right. it's, it's fading. And, and uh, Kansas City, uh, you know, when they built their new stadium and rebranded as Sporting KC, it, it was great, but yeah. it's fading. Yeah, it's out uh, in the middle of nowhere, too. Well, yeah, there's that. But, but the fact is, is that they had the support, right. and it's kind of fading. Now, uh, being somebody who was original... North American Soccer League, San Jose Earthquakes, uh-huh. Portland Timbers are still yeah, going strong. Now, you talk about, like, you know, these big, giant NFL stadiums. Seattle Sounders, they played a big, giant NFL stadium, and right. they, they are going gangbusters. All right, before this segment ends, uh, I call them Pele. You call them? Pele. And Edson Arentes do Nascimento. Uh, That's his name. Okay. So Pele played for San Jose? No, no. He played New for York. the New York Cosmos. Okay. And the New York Cosmos played in San Jose. So there I was uh, behind Spartan Stadium where they had the practice field. And we're out there kicking the soccer ball before the game. And all of a sudden, these people show up. They've, they're handing out Pepsi T-shirts. Mm-hmm. And they're handing them out to all these kids. And here comes Pele wearing his Pepsi T-shirt. Yeah. And he plays soccer with us kids. How about that? Yep. That's cool. Dead or alive, Pele? Uh, he was alive at the time. He, is he still is. He's still alive to this day? Uh, oh, yeah. How about that? Yeah, and if you saw his old girlfriend, Shusha, boy, that'll keep you Hey, alive. you're going to get me in trouble. <laughs> I don't have Hancock to regulate us. That's Sean Michael Isle. you got to love him. He's with you all night long here on KMOX. Braxton Payne and I are going to take you all the way to 10 o'clock. Stick around, won't you? T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, 
from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. That's Brett. That's Braxton Payne over there. I'm Michael Kelly. It's the Hancock and Kelly Show minus Hancock. He's out of town on one of his vacations. What else would you expect from him? He's rarely here, uh, as I like to point out. And uh, on Thursday, I've got to go to a meeting. Uh, Braxton, would Braxton. be my name. Yeah. Yeah. I've got to go to a meeting uh, that I actually have to get dressed up for. Oh, Lord. And it occurred to me that I really haven't gotten dressed up for anything. No, I, I mean, obviously with the pandemic, but even prior to the pandemic, I feel like everything's kind of been loose. Uh, what? Yeah. So uh, what is acceptable dressing? I'm going to speak at a luncheon on Thursday. Okay. So I'm going to have to be there. I probably normally prior to the pandemic, this would have been khakis, uh, a button up shirt and a blazer. I, I I would assume I still have khakis somewhere in my um, uh, closet. Right. I know it's, the blazer I have because I wear it. Or, what's the type of location? It's just a speaking thing. So is it like at like an office or is it yeah. at like a country club or so something? So I got to get dressed up, but I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if some of the people who are coming to the event wouldn't be wearing shorts or jeans. Yeah, well. It's going to be 100 and something degrees. Well, and that's another thing. It's just like I feel like you should, you know, take in account the, the weather when you're, when you're dressing. I mean, I think now, um, you know... For guys, I think like a khaki shorts and a golf polo is fine about 80% of the time now. Even in a meeting, in an office setting. I, I mean, I think so. Khaki shorts. No, no. Not you. You must have. Uh, you must have a great boss. Not not if, ca- not khaki uh, shorts. I said khaki <laughs> pants. Uh, yeah, okay. But like, I mean, I went to a meeting the other day, and uh, I was. I, I don't. I was not underdressed. I mean, okay. I, we were in a conference room in a strip mall in the back room. I mean, uh, and I wore shorts. Drug deal, huh? Uh, yeah, I wore shorts and a and a golf polo. Uh huh. And everyone else was wearing, you know, normal what I would consider pre-COVID dress clothes. And I was like, oh, I didn't realize it was, it's 105 degrees outside. I'm not right. wearing pants and a and a you know a suit jacket. That's but I wore ridiculous. I wore shorts tonight to the office. Yeah, I, I don't think now. I prior to the pandemic ever would have worn shorts to KMOX. 
Uh, and prior to the pandemic, would have never have worn jeans. I was always wearing slacks. Really? To, to camo wax. Yeah, to camo wax. And now uh, I think jeans are, are acceptable office attire for almost any place, aren't did, they? Did, yeah, I think so. I mean, Camelax had a dress code before COVID, too, I think, at some point. I don't had, think they ever had a dress code. I think it just was an unwritten rule, rule. that you showed respect. Yeah, and, and I think now, so there's so many people that work from home, right? So so obviously you can wear whatever you want from home. Uh, there's not really many rules on that. But then when you come into the office, I know f- friends that work for Fortune 500 companies, you know, right here in St. Louis, and their dress codes are, you know, just as long as it's no shorts usually is the only rule. Um, and, you know, whatever type top you want to wear is is fine. See, I think the no shorts thing is discriminatory against men, though, because yeah. women can wear a nice little sundress and they can get the coolness of not having pants on. Right. But we aren't allowed to wear shorts. Yeah. I mean, I would not want to be a woman in the workplace because I feel like what they have to wear in general is much more than we have to try and I you mean, had to take it there, didn't you? Well, Here I was trying to well, lobby no, I, for uh, no, men. I'm and, just saying. I'm I mean, with you on all that, by well, the way. Like, but the thing is, I think, too, like, I mean, for example, I had a Zoom meeting today, mm-hmm. and I wore exactly what I have on now, which is a pair of shorts, a golf polo, and a hat. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, I— You I, think it's appropriate to be wearing a hat when you're having I think, a Zoom meeting? I think on Zoom meetings, depending on who it is, I don't think—I think if you're at home, you know, or if it's just, you know, more casual, I mean, I don't think that's a, a problem, really. PJ, if you were—if you're—if you were— Pitching for a client, or you were doing something, you had a Zoom meeting. Would you would you wear a hat? No, probably not. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Well, it's interesting. I'm not being critical of it no, because uh, during the during the pandemic, Hancock and I were doing the TV show from our house, so we were zooming the television show, right. if you were. And I was wearing literally my boxers. Yeah, <laughs> I would put on a, a button up and a tie, <laughs> a blazer, and my boxers, and I would sit there for 30 minutes and do the show. Yeah, I loved it. And ever since then, I don't even bother putting the rest of the suit on. I just put a pair of jeans on, and I go in. and Because no, they, they shoot me from the waist up. And by the way, I'm not there for to, to look pretty. I mean, when I, when I subbed in for you, that's exactly what I did. I wore jeans and a button-down and a tie and a suit jacket. But I wasn't about to wear a full-blown suit just for fun. Um, especially, you got to get dry cleaned then, and it's just expensive. I mean, who yeah, wants to do that? I still go to the dry cleaner. Oh, and, yeah, same. Uh, and I feel like the place is full all the time. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, a lot of people now, though, do get more than just suits dress, uh, dry cleaned. I mean, right. there's a lot of people that get their normal clothes, you know, their button downs, their pants dry cleaned on a regular basis. I always basis. do my pants and my button downs. I never do jeans or anything like that. Uh, linen, for sure, I take to the dry cleaners. Yeah. Do you? Do you? Uh, linens? No. I mean, I only have one pair. I don't really wear them that often. I, not I, even as a shirt? You don't wear a linen shirt like I do? No, no not I like so it. It's just so... I don't sweat, oh, you know, it's really. Nice. I, I have, you know, you can be yeah. ooh, loose. It's like you're wearing your pajamas. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just don't really sweat that much. So You don't? Which, no, I'm, I've been beneficial of that in my life. It's never been a problem Who for me. Who was that prince that was married to Fergie? Uh, prince Andrew, isn't that his yeah, name? Yeah, the, the one that's in. Yeah, the one know, that is all is caught a up in the sex trafficker. Yeah, <laughs> and, and he said that he doesn't sweat, that he has some He probably has disease. both. Oh, yeah, oh, he probably on. has How, one of those. Who doesn't sweat? How do you... How would you be alive as a human if your body wasn't emitting moisture? I mean, I know a lot of celebrities, though, that get Botox underneath their arms and on their face. And it's not to to make sure that they you know have no wrinkles. It's to so they don't sweat. 
I mean, I know a lot of people. What does enjoy- Botox have to do with sweating? Oh yeah, it's. A, I mean, I have friends that have excessive sweat glands that they <laughs> they get they get Botox on no joke. They get Botox under their armpits on a regular basis so they don't sweat as much. They get needles stuck yes. into their armpits. Oh yeah, it's a just totally so they won't have thing. the embarrassment of having sweat. Well, sometimes I mean, some so two of my friends have like excessive. Like I mean, like it could be they could be in Siberia. That and sounds still like be they sweating. have a ton of money. If you can go and no, get it's, Botox, it's, in it's your covered arm. under armpits. First of all, it's covered. A needle to your armpit it's covered is, under insurance. Are you kidding I me? I swear to you, it's covered under insurance. It, it, this, we are dying as a society. <laughs> if, if Botox to stop sweating is now getting cut, I get it. There's going to be those unique circumstances of the one freak who was born who sweats yeah. 12 pounds of sweat in but, two hours and will die if we don't figure something out. But just some cosmetic dude going to get Botox okay. well, under his armpits? Well, then I'm going to really blow your mind because I... You You've know, done it. So No, 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 no. no. <laughs> so so I'm in my early 30s, right? Okay. And I have friends that have been getting Botox since the time they're 26. So it's called preventative Botox. So actually, if you really want to use Botox correctly, you don't get it later in life because it makes your skin look like it's too dragged. So what they do is you get preventative Botox, which are just like light shots. Uh, in in the normal spots in like your temple, and what happens is is like over time your your muscles don't get too stretched out, so you, you look become younger. a piece of plastic. No, so you look younger. But it's such micro. It's essentially micro dosing of Botox. But I have friends that Isn't literally a- go once a month to get little micro doses of Botox since okay. the age of twenty six years old. What is Botox? <laughs> is it plastic that gets injected into your body? No, it's it's like um, it's a liquid. Yeah, it's a liquid. it's like a filler. No, it's not a filler either. It's, I don't know. I mean, I'm not a doctor, so I, I don't want to give medical advice. And you have young people who've been getting Botox their whole lives. That's the kind oh, of stuff that, that people yeah. do when they're 50 and well, 60. It, it, but infants and stuff can now get Botox for preventative treatments and stuff like that for different types of diseases. It's used just more for, more now than for just cosmetics. They found out that there's many more benefits to Botox than just, you know, looking When better. do we find out that Botox will kill you? I mean, because uh, it's inevitable, right? Coffee will kill you. Red wine will kill you. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, breathing will kill you. Yes. I mean, oh, we find I mean, out everything's going to kill us. When are we going to finally say, look, all the insurance companies are paying for all of you people to get Botox in your armpits so you don't sweat? And now you're going to die uh, from it. Uh, apparently, I mean, it's, it's become so, I, I know, I can name, rattle off people that use Botox for different reasons. And have you over ever the had past Botox? five, six years, no, I've, I've thought truth. about it. No, I've thought Where about it. Where would you get it? Oh, it's it's easy. All you do is call one of no, these. No, but where would you put it on your body? Oh, right here, crow's feet. Your crow's feet. Yeah, I I, uh, I don't wear it. So, fun fact about me: I've never owned a pair of sunglasses in my life. Really? Yeah. So I don't wear sunglasses. So I you know squint a little bit more than the normal person. I don't like sunglasses. I don't know. Just never have. And so I've never owned a pair. Don't wear them. Um, and I'm used to it now. Have you considered uh, if you went in and started getting your crow's feet fixed, would you be like, hey, why don't you do a little to my armpits here? Well, I've been well, sweating I don't sweat. lately. So, I mean, I don't really sweat that much. You have to sweat. Barely. I, I really don't. When you played volleyball, you were a world-class athlete. You played Division One volleyball. How did you not sweat? Yeah, I, I just didn't. I really, honestly, I really did not sweat that much. You're not working hard enough. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> not, probably weird. not wrong. You, you, okay. You, you can't be exercising and not sweating. All right. We're going to get some Botox. We'll be back after this. <laughs> Wasting away again. Ah, yes. The Hancock and Kelly show. Without Hancock, uh, he's on one of his. <laughs> Long uh, waited for vacations. Sunny, I'm sure. Braxton Payne was kind enough to come in and pinch it. But wait till you hear this. Matt Pajeski pulled off the ultimate guest. 
They've pulled him off of the beach. And joining us now here <laughs> on the Celebrity Guest Line at KMOX is none other than John Hancock Sr. Hey, John, how's the weather? Uh, it's fine, Michael. It's the same weather you have. I'm sitting in my kitchen because I was on a work trip, uh, not a vacation. You have been uh, you have been <laughs> not telling the truth to your many dozens of listeners. <laughs> I think I may have already told them that you were in Minneapolis and you were doing yeah. some work, but it sounds so much better to jab at you for being on vacation because I noticed this morning, or when I was watching the television show from Sunday that I was unable to join, that Andy Banker hadn't even gotten finished introducing us, and you're like, guess who's not here? He's on another trip. Guess who's not here? Well, you, you actually were on another trip. I, however, was posing in front of the Mary Tyler Moore statue in uh, downtown Minneapolis. Is uh, what, who, What's bigger, you or the statue? Uh, much bigger, the statue. The statue is much bigger? How was, how was the weather in Minneapolis? So yesterday it was 99 degrees, Jeez. ridiculously hot. Today it was overcast, about 85. Uh, not too bad. But the here's here's the stupidest thing maybe that I have ever done, Michael. Oh, this is so, a long <laughs> list here we got to compare against. So I'm staying at the hotel. Okay. I've got this meeting. It's a client meeting. Uh-huh. And I've got I've got the address for the client meeting, and I look at the address of the client meeting, and I look at the address of my hotel, and oh, I think, right. oh man, this is like forty blocks away. So I get up really early, uh, get showered, and da da da. Coffee? Uh, Did I you get coffee? I, uh, I got coffee. Uh-huh. Uh, I called the Uber. Yeah. And the Uber is six minutes away. I'm <laughs> thinking, oh man, I, I can't be late to this meeting. So finally. The Uber pulls up. I hop in, and he says, really? Oh, my God. And I said, e- yeah. He said, really? And I said, yeah, I've got to get to this meeting on time. And he points, and he says, the meeting is in that building. <laughs> Same building. <laughs> literally across the street. Across the street so, from where you're sitting. It was a 38-cent Uber ride. <laughs> and it's still... I, I got out of the Uber. I looked back, and there's my hotel. Perhaps the dumbest thing I've ever done. Well, John. Uh, well, I mean, you're I not, appreciate you're not you known for your that. directions. No. That's for sure. <laughs> you know, one day Pajeski and, and Braxton. So listen to this. So one day uh, Hancock and I are doing the show here, and he says, "Hey, I've got to go by the courthouse after this is yeah. over with." And I said, "Which one?" He goes, "The municipal courthouse." I said, "Well, John." Right there is the municipal courthouse. We were standing out in the parking lot, and I said, it's right there. And it's across yeah. the street. And he says, do you mind driving me over there? <laughs> I said, what? He goes, well, I got to cross the street, and it's busy, and, you know, it's yeah, downtown I mean, St. Louis. Somebody may out. hit me. Yeah, people die walking across that street. They do. They do. Wow. So, well, uh, so what did you do? Did you whip, get in your pocket and give the guy an extra five bucks? Because you kind of ruined oh. his day, too, the Uber guy. I gave him the maximum tip possible for $2. a 38-cent Uber ride. <laughs> yeah, $2. And, uh, yeah, it was $5, Michael. Uh-huh. And um, so I really felt, really felt silly. But, uh, but I got to the meeting on time. So, so, yeah. All right. Let's catch up on a couple of things. Uh, I have been to almost every city in the United States. I did that during the presidential campaign. Have never been yeah. to Minneapolis. What's your read on that ah. city? 
Well, the downtown is remarkably like St. Louis. It's pretty dead. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of foot traffic. Uh, the panhandlers there. So every time I would step out the door, there would be a panhandler. Uh-huh. I mean, every single time. Without it, didn't matter. Morning, noon, night, didn't matter. Uh-huh. Uh, the difference is that at least in St. Louis, the panhandlers will take Venmo. <laughs> and I, I, I was not given a Venmo option in Minneapolis, so they're they're not quite up to the level of of our own good people in St. Louis. Wow, so pretty dead downtown. Um, pretty dead, and and I was right in the middle. I mean, I'm I'm right down the street from the um, Target, you know, World Headquarters, and uh-huh. you know, right in the middle of everything. Wow, it was a half a block from my big meeting in the big office building. I came back from New York yesterday, and the whole world was screwed up because of this heat and uh, storms that were taking place on the East Coast. Did you uh, experience some delays as a result of it? Uh, just no. It was hot yesterday, ninety nine, and I, I didn't know whether to wear a, a sport coat or a suit. You know, this, it's a fairly new client for me, right? And, and so I, I kind of went halfway with a sport coat and a tie. Yeah, and it was so hot. And we had dinner last night. Oh. So, we, it was one of these frou-frou restaurants. It was a, a pan-Moroccan, French. Right, which means you're getting very small portions. Yeah, of, <laughs> of something I've never recognized in my life. And I'm sitting there, and literally, there's an 801 chop house across the street. Right. There, You know, I mean, there's, there's this uh, uh-huh. steakhouse that's unique to Minneapolis. No, no. Right, no. We went to... Whatever it was called, Ferrazzo's, or I don't know what it was. Yep. And, uh, you know, and, I mean, I hope the client's not listening. But Yeah, uh, you got like three and, morsels of food, and, and you're still yeah. hungry when you left dinner. Yeah, and, and one, of the, one of the courses, fancy courses, was a little brown paper bag full of French fries. <laughs> and I'm thinking, you know, I could go to McDonald's. Yeah, for the French fry, you know, it was. Uh, <laughs> I was a little underwhelmed with dinner last night. So there you are, starving in your suit, sweating, and yes. miserable. Uh, and then, true. I don't know about you, but every city I go to, the panhandlers all seem to know my name, and it's unique throughout the country. It doesn't matter what city I'm in. It's, hey, big guy, <laughs> hey, big guy. Yeah, no. Do you get that well, one? Was, hey, big guy. No, I was sir. <laughs> sir, I was sir. Yeah, uh, it's the no hair. And I had one candle. One guy came by and said, "Good morning, sir." And I said, "Good morning." <laughs> and he said, "You should call me, sir." I said, "Good morning, sir." And he said, "Let me ask you, sir. Do you have two dollars?" <laughs> and I said, "No, sir. I've left my wallet in the room, sir." And uh, he said, "Well, I'm sorry to hear that, sir. Have a good day." And I said, "You have a good day, sir." And that was my exchange. How about that? You got a little uh, uh, lesson in etiquette from a panhandler who didn't like that you were referring to him as anything other than sir. Yeah, very polite. Yeah, very polite. So uh, let that be a lesson to all of us as we encounter uh, our fellow fellow man on the the streets. I I am very sorry for putting out some false information. I thought you were going to Minneapolis to experience the climate. uh, Sit on the Mississippi River, maybe, in a swimsuit. The Mississippi, by the way, uh the Mississippi is very skinny in uh, Minneapolis. Not nearly as uh, breathtaking as it is in our own town. 
So you couldn't walk up to her and say, hey, big gal. <laughs> yeah, no, no, very, very thin. And uh, But they they have done, I will say this, because I did take a walk. You won't believe this, but I took a walk. Well, I'm wow. proud of you. No and, dog uh, either, huh? Yeah, yeah. And uh, they've done a lot with their riverfront. You yeah. know, that could be a lesson for all of us. Do you think that uh, the panhandlers looked at you and were like, oh, this is a tourist here? He, he doesn't oh, belong. Yeah, we, this yeah. is definitely somebody we want to hit up for money. Hey, big guy, you got yeah, two bucks, sir? All the other people walking down the streets were wearing, you know, Birkenstocks and shorts, and they had <laughs> tattoos on their neck. And, and uh, you know, they look at me and they say, this guy is not from here. He's he's here because he's making money. Let's get him. That's, are you uh, are you going to be uh, in studio with me on Friday, or are you chasing another client, or are you going on vacation? No, buddy. I will. Uh, I'll be with you that day, and uh, perhaps. Oh, have you failed to mention Peter? Oh, Braxton. As you know, oh, no. uh, John and I spent a little time together playing snooker. Yes. And last week we had a little time to play snooker, and uh, it was a, a a man from China. I don't think his real name was Peter, by yes, the way. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, he took he took a liking to John. He came over and said, "Hello, sir." <laughs> um, would you like to play snooker? And uh, John, why don't you tell everybody what happened? Well, uh, Peter had his own cue. It was a one-piece $1,500 snooker cue, beautiful cue. And uh, we we started playing, and he was quite good. He had a 29 break right off the bat, and I thought, there's no way. I mean, I, you know, this guy's way better than I'll ever be. And we kept playing, and I was Playing a strategic game, he might yeah. say. Uh-huh. And then uh, <clears throat> tell the people what happened next, Michael. Well, John oh. wound up winning, and Peter, <laughs> in a little bit of a broken English, walked over to him and said something along the lines of, I have never lost on this table, and I've been coming here for 10 years. Oh, wow. <laughs> Is this the same place you guys go out to out in yeah. West County? Yeah. Oh, yeah, wow. the and Galleon. The guy then walked out with his cane. He was blind. And John well, beat him. <laughs> John, no, but John did beat him. And Peter, which I don't think Peter's real name was well, Peter. Yeah, yeah. Um, with his one, and by the way, his one piece cue. I'm there too. He didn't even want to play me in a game, and he offers John, "Would you like to use my cue?" And I'm th- thinking, well, I'm gonna get offered the cue. He just turned his head back and walked away from me. Never offered it to me. I have a way with folks, huh? <laughs> Buddy, I miss you. I'm so glad that I got Braxton in here doing stuff with me, and I will see you on Friday. All right. Hey, take care, guys. Good job. Yep. That's John. John Hancock. And uh, come back from vacation. Kind enough to spend a couple <laughs> minutes with us here on the Mighty Mox. We got one segment less. Stick around. I have just two words for you. Right now, it's Hancock and Kelly. You two belong together. On St. Louis's News Radio, KMOX. A friend of mine was telling me they were at the Lake of the Ozarks this weekend, and the bill comes. Uh, they are at one of these pool bars, right? So they had pulled up their boat. They're hanging out at a pool bar. You know, they're, they're drinking. Um, the beautiful Lake of the Ozarks. The beautiful Lake of yes. the Ozarks. And, mm-hmm. and, and now comes time for the bill. And mm-hmm. the lady brings the bill out, and she said, oh, you're going to pay with a credit card? Well, first of all, he's in his pool. Who takes their money into a pool? Right. You know, you're not going to take cash into a pool. Uh-huh. She goes, well, we automatically add 10% to the bill. for, for Just to, for using a credit card. For using a credit card. Uh, now, listen. Now, did he hit like a minimum? Was like was it the uh-uh. reason? Okay. No. They, okay. they spent considerable amount of money. I'm sure. Now, listen, I am a, 
I'm a generous soul when it comes to tipping. Well, yes, I, I, believe, I can. Yeah, I can definitely I, vouch for I that. I totally believe in over tipping and taking care of people. Yeah, but when they put that kind of stuff on there on their own, it aggravates me. Because I feel like, oh, really? I look like the guy who's not going to tip you, right. so you automatically put 20% on? Well, that screws you. That I put that in my own head. Right. But they're either just putting 10% on because you're using a credit card. Right. That has to be illegal. It's, it's, I mean, I don't think it is. But one of the things I've – I mean, obviously, we've – I think – in the past, what, 10 years, 15 years, and, you know, parties over six or more, you know, you always add 18%. I can understand that. It's it's more right. difficult, um, to, especially restaurants that are, you know, high volume. Um, you're kind of taking up several tables. You know, I get that. Um, you know, I was in Memphis recently, which uh, if you if you can complain about St. Louis about being a dying city as much as you want, Go to Memphis, and you'll think really? St. Louis is the New York City of America. Really, um, it is a it is a very much dying city. Beale Street was, uh, I was I, first time I was ever there. I mean, it was dead. I uh-huh. mean, it was it was twenty dollars just to get on the street, right. mind you, to oh get through word. the gates. Um, and then you pay, you know, wait a minute to be on the street to be on to get now onto they charge Beale Street, admission to get on Beale Street twenty dollars. What do you get for that? Nothing. Just to get on the street, you get a little wristband, and then you are able to walk on the street on Beale Street after you know eight nine o'clock at night. That's crazy. Yeah. So we so I was there. We were uh-huh. there for a weekend. We went to several different restaurants. Went to a couple like you know microbreweries and stuff sure. out in the outskirts. Every single place added a minimum tip uh, on there. It was anywhere between ten and and twenty percent. Um, and I will say each time, the first time I didn't notice until like I had already tipped yeah. an extra 25%. Right. And I've realized we just tipped 45% on yeah. a pretty bad service. Um, and then, so I was, so that was upsetting after we realized that. So then I looked at the things and luckily I noticed the place. So it doesn't, it does irritate me, yeah. um, you know, a little bit, but also it, the only reason it doesn't, the uh, reason it wouldn't irritate me is if they were paying their employees like a living wage. Right. And if I don't, who knows? They're probably not. Um, was when the waitress came up and said, I just want to let you know the the management adds 18% on top of this. Uh, it's not my decision. I'm just letting you know that's what management decided, which made me feel better. Does was that like, go to her? Uh, yes. And Good. so I did I did specifically ask that question. So I feel like it can be approached in a way where it wouldn't irritate me as much. Um, it would really irritate me if I decided to use a credit card, which everyone uses. I mean, what, I mean who, cash. I mean, right. I have one friend that I can think well, of that uses cash. You're at a pool bar at the look of the exactly. other. And I, and I said to him, was that for the waitress? And she goes, he said, absolutely not. They have a sign, and apparently it's every bar now at the lake that it's ten percent if you use a credit card. So I get that credit cards charge a fee, right? Right, which is like three percent, two and a half, percent, whatever the heck yeah, it is to the merchant. Yeah, but guess what? You're the ones who chose to use credit cards, and if you want people to come there, you're going to have credit cards. Put that into your cost and pass it along to me. But just ten percent because I used a credit card? Yeah, and that's and, that's. We live in this street where or this state where all these Republicans want to talk about freedom. How come they're not passing laws about this stuff? I, I and what the, I don't understand. First off, it's the Lake of the Ozarks, which is not like it's the you know the world class of America. 
But I what I don't understand is is where does that ten percent go? That's what I want to know. Does in it go to pocket. management or does it go to the staff? Is it a pooled tip situation? Because that would change my opinion a little bit if it was going to staff that was working. What's it matter? Well, because it would, then, then it would be a tip. But no. if it, if the ten percent goes to the management and then you have to tip twenty percent for your service, then that would irritate me because it's not going yeah, to. Maybe I'm old fashioned, but no, just I, I'm, put I'm the price you. on the menu that you want to charge me. I get it. Maybe a hamburger is now gone from ten to fifteen to twenty dollars, which sounds crazy to me. Right. But it's even crazier to me is that you're going to give me a bill for one hundred and fifty bucks and put an extra ten percent on just because I'm paying with a credit card. Yeah, I don't bill that in there. Get your extra ten percent when I look at your prices on the menu. Yeah, and I I know a lot of places. That I live in the city of St. Louis, as you do. As I've seen the prices of certain things go up at my favorite places. I mean. Uh-huh. Chicken wings is right. the one thing that I've noticed gone up, you know, $4 because it is tougher to get them. Um, but I I don't know. I remember there was about five or six years ago there was this fancy restaurant in L.A. that moved away from a tip system where everything was included in the price, and it made national news. Right. Um, and I just don't know if our culture, because, you know, we've I've been to Europe. You've seen it. Uh, you don't tip over there. And I— yeah, that bothers I, I, me. I tip, and, and and it bothers me too. So I tip because it's just they how love we kind of grew up. For that reason, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, same thing in the Caribbean. A lot of times, if you go to Caribbean islands that are British owned, yeah, they don't tip. They don't tip, and they then when you. Americans come, you know, you, you also definitely notice the difference in service. Yeah, they give you the service, and look, I I get them adding a tip for crowds over a certain age. This has nothing to do with the tip. No, I'm this with you. Ten percent. Is just because you showed up at their place and you're paying with a credit card. So do you think that the, like the lake the lake restaurants just came together and said, "Hey, we can make more money and let's all do it together." I think one probably did it. Yeah. And they were like, "Look, these suckers will keep coming down here and spending like crazy, and, doing it. and we'll add ten percent on. And if you're the owner of the pool bar, you get an extra ten percent in your pocket." Would you be okay with everything like, let's say, like in Memphis, every place added ten percent, no matter what, and then you were able to add more on top of that ten percent, ten percent gratuity that goes to the server? Yeah, I I guess I wouldn't have a problem with that. If we started to impose, like, this is the minimum tip that's going to be happening in every state now and it's going to be 10%, I'd have no problem with that. I'd tip over that. I see tipping is different from just 10% because they wanted to put it on there. Right, no. And it's not going to their worker. I mean, like, when I was was on Beale Street, I mean, it was 15% at every, like, in the the restaurants where you would just, you know, they have the outside where you just get one of those huge drinks and can walk the street. Yeah. And it was still that. I was just, that's insane to me. He's one of my favorite people in the entire world. His name's Braxton Payne. You'll hear him on the Dave Glover's show. You'll hear him sitting in occasionally for me if I'm out of town. As we all know, John Hancock's been out of town, but no worries. He'll be back with us Friday morning at 8.30 right here on the Mighty Mox. You can always watch Hancock and Kelly, the TV show, on Sundays at 8.30 on Fox 2. That's enough of the promos. Go home, watch the rest of the uh, All-Star Game. Have yourselves a wonderful night listening to the greatest radio station on the planet, KMOX. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.